Welcome, 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 welcome to what's going to be, I'm just going to go ahead and prepare you for it now, a fiery episode of the Banter Pub FC. You already know what it is, the sauciest team in the game, the spiciest takes on the pitch. Nobody ever does it like we do, and don't you ever get it twisted. In the pub today, we have El Capitan, Neil, we have Adam, we have Jonathan, we've got Rossler on the decks. And we have myself, Joseph, back after uh, taking a week off. Um, shout out to big man like Arma, who had to step away uh, for personal reasons. Uh, Arma, you are missed. You are loved, as always. And we hope that everything's okay with you. So, what are we going to be talking about today? What do you think we're going to be talking about today? What else could we possibly be talking about today? Nothing else Absolutely nothing else matters except this stupid fucking Super League nonsense. The stuff that was admittedly, for all intents and purposes, defeated within like 48 hours because, you know, the billionaires completely underestimated the people that they were exploiting for this time. Shout out to Jonathan for that wonderful article that he wrote. Facts on facts. It doesn't make sense. You know, that that article to me it, it reminded me that it doesn't make sense to harp on about other complicity. It just needs to be stated coldly and categorically that even the memories that we hold dear, they are nothing but products to these people. So we're going to get into it, though. We're going to get into it proper. We will touch also on a couple of things surrounding the Super League nonsense because Pandora's box has, has been opened, like in a major, major way, folks. Um, like everybody wants to do up Super League now. <laughs> it appears at the time of recording, there's been a British Super League that's been announced, <clears throat> or at least proposed. There has been uh, UEFA, um, their statement not uh, just about the breakaway Super League, but also what they've turned the Champions League into, which we will definitely get into. Um, there's just lots of mess, just so much mess. And it will probably end with us touching on how the so-called Big Six could yet face punishment from the Premier League over this, which is probably why the reason why they're doing up the apology tour now. But I'm going to open up the floor. Lads, feel free, but we should probably start at the beginning. And the beginning is when the announcement came pretty much... I mean, unbeknownst to anybody at the time, when the announcement dropped, there was just nothing but chaos. Um, let's start with that. When they announced it, what was going through everybody's heads at this point? I mean, 
I, uh, so for me, I, I don't know about y'all, but I was in the middle of watching matches. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, Sunday at 1 p.m., uh, GMT, all of a sudden, this news just broke. And they were like, the Super League is happening. Now, obviously, um, Arsene Wenger, uh, Arsenal managing legend, managing legend, uh, mentioned that the Super that he didn't like the idea of the Super League several years ago, and he said we have to do everything in our power. I think it was in two thousand nine when he said it. He said we have to make sure that this does not happen. I, I, I don't I don't remember the exact year, but 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 I but I remember him uh, saying so. And for, poster- for posterity, Neil, real quick, not only did he say that in two thousand nine, he predicted it being a thing in nineteen ninety eight. Right. So. Fun fact. Anyway, continue. So, 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 you know, all these premonitions that he, you know, all these warnings just came true. And we saw, I think first, uh, it was Manchester City uh, that uh, was the first announced team. Um, and then Manchester United. Uh, and then Arsenal. And then Tottenham Hotspur. And then... Inter Milan in Italy, and AC Milan, and then Juventus, and then it ended with Barcelona, and it was being sponsored by the president of Real Madrid, um, Florentino Perez. Um, and we knew what this was, right? We, you could tell based on who, who runs these clubs that this was a a power and money grab, nothing else. They had no interest in the uh, history of any of these clubs. And we could, and, you know, we've bantered about, you know, the history of some of these clubs versus others. Um, And, (laughs) uh, oh, I forgot Chelsea as well. um, As far as the big six in, 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 in England, I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, the owners, forced this the owners apparently quote-unquote wanted this um and there was immediate pushback from uh, you know Premier League pundits um i think at the halftime uh on sunday there was immediate reaction from the nbc affiliate for sky sports and they were talking about it because they were like this is breaking some of the clubs that are playing right now are involved in this we don't know what's going on. And there was just so much happening all at once. And listen, um, I know that, you know, obviously with Manchester United's involvement, they are obviously complicit. Obviously, all, all of the clubs that we support are involved in this, right? Like that's, like that's the unfortunate part. Or, or I should say all of the English clubs that we support are involved in this because we because – we, believe in supporting multiple clubs in duality in multiplicity in supporting clubs not just based in one region um because you can do that and i and i am grateful to be a supporter of the you know uh maryland bobcats locally i am i am grateful to be a supporter of borussia dortmund in germany because borussia dortmund was being courted right uh, Bayern Munich was being courted. PSG in France was being courted. I'm sure Lyon and Lille and Marseille were being courted all simultaneously. Now, all the Ligue 1 clubs 
and all of the Bundesliga clubs straight up said no. We're going to go through the timetable, and I don't want to speak, you know, we will just for Manchester United, but I was mm-hmm. immediately, uh, I think we were all upset, v- varying levels of upset. We were, we were angry at our, you know, our English clubs that we support ownership uh, kind of taking the game away from so many people because there was no guarantee that this Super League was going to end up on any major network because NBC has the Premier League, BN Sports has La Liga, um, ESPN has um, Syria and the Bundesliga. Um, so all of the major leagues were already locked up. And what was happening simultaneously is all of these same leagues, as soon as these 12 clubs came out, they said, listen, if you want to, uh, there will be no duality. You won't be playing in the Premier League, the, uh, the you know, uh, La Liga, Syria, um, while simultaneously playing in this Super League. You're either going to play in the Super League or you're going to play with us. And that's where they stood. Like, they stood their ground. And let's be perfectly fucking clear about this shit. UEFA, FIFA are not absolved. We, nope. And, you know, we've said as much several times over. John said, you know, said as much in his wonderful article that we're going to link in our show notes. But it's something that is paramount as far as this, uh, you know, this league discussion is concerned, this Super League discussion, it only benefits the, it, it, it only benefited the owners. And honestly, it didn't benefit any of the, 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 uh, prem, the uh, prem clubs because none of them are struggling financially. It didn't benefit the uh, Serie A clubs because none of them are struggling financially. However, Real Madrid and Barcelona, we, you know, we have a segment every week called As the Barcelona Turns. There's a reason we have it, and we've talked, and, and Adam's talked at length about Barcelona's financial trouble and the fact that they've bought several high-priced players, one of which just won't retire, right? And, and, and they've just attached themselves, whether it's Real Madrid or Barcelona, to these players of a bygone era and not sold them so they can be financially fucking solvent. Not only that, they didn't fucking prepare, none of, none of these clubs did, for COVID. They didn't prepare for it. So they want to recoup on ticket sales that didn't happen in 2020, and they're like, well, we have to create this Super League as a, you know, as a uh, means to an end. It's not a means to an end. It's bullshit. Here's the, what I will say before I go into, um, not just go, I'll go into my spiel last. Um, because I am hosting, but um, I'm going to give listeners a chance to, if you don't know about this by some virtue of a miracle, let me go ahead and give you what has happened. So the Super League is a project that was announced by Real Madrid president Florentino Perez, who has been pushing for this since 2009. It must be mentioned for the record. He has been adamant about this. I will get to the reasons why, or at least the reasons the more the more realistic reasons why in a minute however he managed to sign up barcelona and atletico madrid for spain he managed to go ahead and influence juventus ac and inter milan in italy to go ahead and join but the biggest centerpiece for the founding members here were the so-called big six if you don't know how the big six came about it's when sky finally managed to go ahead and lock up the rights to what was first the old English first division 
which then became the championship in uh, recent years after that. But it was first called the che- uh, the Premiership. It was not called the Premier League. It was called the Premiership at first. And it wasn't so much a breakaway league as it was just simply buying out the top division of the English football pyramid. The pyramid is still intact. It's not to say that they changed the football pyramid. They just privatized the very top division of it. Eventually, the championship, League One, League Two, which were the old first, second and third divisions in the, prim- uh, in the, uh, in the English football pyramid, they would follow suit. Now, here's the thing. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, and for some reason, Tottenham Hotspur are considered the big six. Why? Why why Spurs? I don't know. Not even big, big Gary Neville saw it for Spurs. He said, Tottenham, I'm not really bothered about. That's a direct quote. You can't put that on me. And I know I give Spurs the business every week on this fucking program. You understand what I'm saying to you? But even, even the people who are considered footballing elite don't see it for Spurs. If that doesn't tell you how insignificant your club is, Spurs supporters, I don't know what will. But we'll get to you in a minute. But anyway, that's how the big six was kind of culminated. It was around Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, and not yet Manchester City, but they would be considered that um, later on as time would go along. Yet, Yet here we are. So now that all six of those clubs have effectively deserted the proposal to launch a large private league of all sorts, for all intents and purposes, because they wouldn't be beholden to FIFA. They wouldn't have been beholden to UEFA. They wouldn't have been beholden to any of the uh, countries' FAs either, which is where the big controversy comes in. They were expecting to continue to play in these competitions, in their respective leagues that they're now in, as well as doing this. They were going to have 15 total founding, quote-unquote, clubs meaning that they could never be removed from the competition. And then there would be five more clubs which they would have doled out like invites to. How you would have qualified for that is anybody's guess. They did not detail that. Lo and behold, and this does need to be mentioned, shout out to uh, Kaya McCullough, shout out to Shea Butter FC, shout out to uh, Ebony, and shout out to uh, Nicole uh, of the plastics that basically it did a wonderful roundtable uh, on Elliot's Can I Kick It? Uh, they did Black Woman's Roundtable. But I would be remiss to mention that this Super League did not include women at the very beginning. They said that they were going to lead with the men's competition and then broker in the women after that. Of course not. So again, of they course. were an afterthought. Once, absolutely. Once again, they were an afterthought. The whole thing is a mess. Because in less than 48 hours, you had at least 400 Chelsea supporters. I swear to God, we hate Chelsea at this program. We do. We don't see it for Chelsea. But their man showed up for some odd reason. They showed up in numbers and they blockaded the bus from even getting into Stamford Bridge. The bus had to turn around. You understand? I got to say... Chelsea supporters had Petr Cech looking like Cornell West trying to stop the... Do you remember that picture of Cornell West? Yes, bro. Being ranged on and trying to stop the... Yeah, bro. ...from attacking the fucking protesters. And he's, like, trying to separate. And he's going like this. 
The same shit was happening in front of Stamford Bridge with Petr Cech. He was like this, trying to trying to, to somebody. <laughs> them Chelsea man were ready to dismantle Stamford Bridge brick by brick if necessary to stop this shit from happening. That's energy that I've never seen out of any club in West London. All they have ever given a fuck about is voting for Tories, voting for racism, being racist, and money. That is all they have ever cared about. And all of a sudden, they managed to get with it on the right side of history. I have to give them credit for that. Um, the Liverpool mandem were not with it either. As a matter of fact, they got Big Big John Henry of Fenway Sports Group to release a personal video from his personal account um, apologizing for that mess. They're not forgiven. Uh, Josh Kroenke had to bite the bullet for Arsenal, where he had a, um, uh, with a along with, I think his name is Vishai, um, they basically held a fan forum um, over Zoom, and he got roasted, no word of a lie, for hours on end, as he deserved to. Um, the whole transcript is available on football.london. We will keep, we'll uh, put the links for that in the show notes. Also, um, Manchester City Mandem lost their absolute minds. Um, Manchester United Mandem lost their absolute minds. You piece of shit. I'm just about to mention that. Ed Woodard is now no longer a thorn in Man United supporters' sides, but there's still nobody, and I do mean this, nobody has forgiven their clubs for this. No one. Absolutely no one has done it. I mean, maybe some of the bootlickers, but they don't count. See, the thing about it is, is that when Liverpool played Leeds United, you might have seen these uh, demonstrations. Leeds United came out swinging. Now, this is a club that definitely is... Not innocent by any stretch of the imagination. They were one of the clubs that got rich fast, spent money fast, got broke fast, and got relegated from the Premier League and struggled to get back into that competition. They have walked a long road to redemption to get to where they are now. So I will give Leeds that credit. But for them to be able to wear a shirt that said, UEFA Champions League, earn it. Big Tifo in the stands that says the same thing. Leeds United supporters and Liverpool supporters were outside the ground, and I am not kidding or hyperbolizing when I say this. They chased Jurgen Klopp to his car. There was video footage of this still knocking about virally. I would encourage you to go and watch it. Them man got active in a way that I have never seen in my lifetime. I have not seen this. Because Jonathan was right. The way that, and I, I will, I will, and that's pretty much like the 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 long and short of the breakdown. But before I move it to Jonathan, because I do want him to expand on what he wrote here, the one thing that really touched he touched upon is that they not only exploited us as supporters, they not only exploited our memories that we hold dear that they could really give a toss about because there's no intrinsic value for them to them for this. But the thing that really stood out for me. The thing that really stood out for me is the fact that football has always been tribalistic, but I've never seen it that united before. And, 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 and that is the thing that I know a lot of people will say, well, they're not this united for racism. We'll get to that, but you have to start somewhere. And that is exactly where Jonathan came in with this excellent article. Jonathan, as now a, 
I mean, because we're all ex-supporters of all our clubs, I think it should be said on the record. But as an ex-Man City supporter, what what did it mean to you to see all these demonstrations? Or what does it mean to you now? I mean, I, I think it is... It felt good. It felt good to see people, uh, you know, up and not not apathetic. I think that in time, people are growing more apathetic. But, you know, when push came to shove when their the thing that they love is was on the line. They're like, oh, oh, hell no. We about to, we about to riot now uh, because, uh, you know, this is about to be a fundamental change in how we view the sport and we can't take it anymore. And, you know, when, when the news broke, I was, I understand the shock for people, but I was like, shit, man, they finally did it. Cause as y'all said, this has been talked about for like 10 years now, 10, 11, 12 years. Arsenal's been, been talking about it for 20 years. So He has uh, been talking about it for a while. We should also mention the fact that during the pandemic, they did try to break away within the Premier League yeah. properly. But, and that was what, the second or third attempt of them doing that? So, yeah. and it was Liverpool and what was the other club that led it? Liverpool and Man United. I think it was United. That was part yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I understand it, like, it was a sudden shock, and that's what urged them to do it, for, uh, fans and supporters to do it. And obviously, you know, the reactionary Sky Sports because they're losing their, <laughs> losing their cash cow, uh, which is the, the Premier League and the, the Big Six, quote-unquote Big Six, to generate, I'm assuming, the most amount of money, which is why they're the Big Six. Even Tottenham, surprisingly. But uh, <laughs> I still don't know why they're included. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't get it either. I don't know why they're included, bro? <laughs> but I'll just say, I'll say this. I'll say for me, it was it was expected not not because like people foresaw it like back in the day, but that's just a general notion. That's just a general system that we live in. Is the fact that when uh, you ex- you can only exploit something so much, and uh, in, in in the sense like only capitalists. And we're not capitalists. We don't own assets like that. We don't own capital. So the John Henrys of the world, uh, the Glazers, the um, the Elliott Group that owns AC Milan, uh, Real, um, you know, every all the clubs that were involved in it, um, they could only exploit this system for so much. They have to figure out new ways of exploitation, uh, just like. Like you were saying in the Premier League, when it was English Football Division One or First Division, they could only generate so much money. They were competing with other leagues that were richer and more popular. So, oh, we can just create a new league, privatize a new league, and create and do this. So that's that's just the nature of everything. That's the nature of that's the nature of the economic system that we live in, which is capitalism. And seeing that, we understand. Look what happened. We see it in history, and we understand it like that way too. I think. The 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 big misconception, well, I mean not misconception, but a big thing is that we don't we somehow forget to apply economic practices that we see outside in the real world <laughs> to actual football. Like football is not a real thing that people make money off of. And the same things happened here when the when the system collapsed in two thousand eight. What happened? People corporations consolidated, CEOs consolidated, people were left in the gutter, um, and left uh, in a serious economic uh, uh, situation and they, they, they survived. They, they, the capitalists survived and earned even more money and collected even more money. Same thing here. 
the, the pandemic was a perfect situation, a perfect storm for them. And we see what's happening in real life. Businesses are failing or intentionally failing. Wealth is consolidated and they move on to something else where they can generate more money. And this is that same thing. The Premier League is run this course or not even just Premier League, but all the leagues have run this course. They need to figure out new ways to make money. This is the new way to make money. So it's just like you can see it in history. It's, it's not any different. It's, it's not, they're not exclusive, mutually exclusive for one. And then, yeah, to your point about using memories to do that, every, like, again, they saw it, all the owners, particularly in the big six, as we're talking about them, but, you know, Juventus has a lot of great moments. AC Milan has great moments. Atletico Madrid, they're winning the Premier League, uh, winning the Premier League, I'm sorry, winning La Liga, uh, breaking up the monopoly of Real and, and Barcelona. That's a historic achievement. They have been anticipating, they've been capitalizing on this moment, is waiting because they knew if they if it, if it had succeeded at the European Super League, that's how they were going to draw people in, the people that didn't watch the sport. They would draw off my emotions in seeing Sergio Grow score in the 93rd minute. Sorry, Neil. Um, they will take that to actually build momentum to watch a match in, you know, Mexico City or watch a match in uh, in, in Monaco or in Auckland. Like they're 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 packaging these moments. So that this is expected, and they, they do this not just in football, but for any 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 even any sport. Like the the uh, a much more different note from football is uh, cricket. You know, cricket had a a oh, test man. system, oh, test system, fifty over system was a was an extension of that too. Like, oh no, let's make it even. Let's find a ways to make even more money. We'll do twenty overs, twenty twenty overs. Which is a total like privatized, uh, uh, non-relegation. I mean, cricket is not a t- relegation system. That's that's a whole different subject. But they found ways to generate more money and leave other uh, variants of the sport behind. So it's just that same system. Uh, and I, I'm hoping people see it now. Fans are seeing it now um, to lead to something even better. Like, like you know, now that it's over, now that it's been shut down. I, I know. I'm, jumping the timeline it's like what do we do now like we can't go back to UEFA for fifa we can't rely on them we know that they're just trying to make money off us too there's different ways that we have to relate to this sport now relate to the people that own the sport the people that own the sport like you're all saying do not care about you at all they've shown you that um and i i think the last thing i want to say is like this is notion because you know city in regard in relation to this like we are trying, a lot of city supporters are trying to make it seem like, uh, oh, they just made a mistake. They were, we were peer pressured in joining this league. It's like, no, they're willing to leave us just, just like everybody else did. doesn't matter how they got into it. They were going to do it. So uh, to think that they saved anything is just, you just, you're, uh, you are ignoring history at this point. You know, you're absolutely right to, you know, point all that sort of stuff out. And then that was a reminder to me, at least, it kind of always bolstered what, I mean, we talked about how we feared that, you know, certainly when the Premier League tried that nonsense or clubs in the Premier League tried that nonsense to try and consolidate the Premier League yet again um, during the pandemic, this is what we've been worried about from the very beginning. I mean, I can't remember the exact episode where we said this, but we were all pretty, pretty much on the record saying that, you know, they're going to they're going to try this shit again you know what i'm saying and they did so yeah 
none of us were surprised, but all of us were definitely apoplectic for certain. Like, which brings me to Adam. Adam, you have been our faithful correspondent on, you know, are you being Barcelona? You've mentioned over and over and over again how much debt these clubs are actually in, including Barcelona. So much debt. So much debt. So much debt. So that kind of brings me to the next item here that we want to go ahead and talk about. Um, where do you, where do you fall on all this? Certainly, being somebody who supported Barcelona, somebody who supported Arsenal. What, what is it? What did it mean to you when the news broke that day? I mean, from the Arsenal perspective, it was, um, it was very disappointing. But also expected because, and I, I'm not really surprised learning about the Cranky's involvement in it and being central in it. Um, them being the owners of six teams and two esports teams. So this is just business for them. Um, and obviously, most of the teams that they own are in American sports leagues that are uh, a lot more secure and a lot more fixed revenue based. Um, with a lot more control based in those leagues. And that's just basically what they were trying to replicate. Um, them and all the other American owners, the Glazers with Man U, um, John Henry and FSG with Liverpool. Like they, you, we, There's no question that you can't deny that these guys... I'm not to deny that... I mean, Florentino Perez has been trying to get this for a while, but obviously the Ameri having that American ownership with three of the richest clubs in the world... Um, just trying to just generate revenue and hey, look at what we do here in America. Let's try to do it here. And who's going to stop us? And I think they just thought that because their fan bases are so massive, um, I think they thought they could just bully things past everybody and be like, well, this is what we're doing. Like, and they knew people were going to, I mean, the fact, like, this is one of the biggest PR fails ever. I'm sorry. Like, everything about this, like, you went to the Super League. What was the website? What was that even? Like, did they, did, was this Squarespace? Like, you weren't even trying here. You don't have good PR. You hired the people that handled Theresa May's communications. Yeah, that worked out well for her. Okay. So you guys are totally unserious. Totally unserious. Like, this was, this, everything about it is fishy and missed, like really weird. Obviously, a day before the eventual UEFA vote, I know we'll talk about that. Um, the UEFA vote that most of these people are angling for in trying to alter the format of the Champions League, which they agreed to, and still they dropped this. Like, I don't know if they thought this somebody slipped up, there was like butter on their hands, uh, and just pushed the button prematurely. I don't know if somebody thought this was going to be a good negotiating tactic um, to push the Champions League to a different. Just I have no. It just when you look at it, it just doesn't make sense because, uh, or I guess it's just it only makes sense if you just think all those people are just the hubris that they're like, oh well, we're the league owner, we're the club owners, and people are just going to follow because they have this blind obsession. It's like no, we have we don't have blind obsession. We have obsession because of certain things. And certain things that we liked about the competitions that we're in. Like, yeah, it sucks when, and I mean, as the Arsenal supporter, it sucks when you don't do well. It sucks when you're not um, in Champions League, but you respect that you're supposed to earn it. Um, and that's part of the challenge every year. You come back, it's just like, nah, we got this team, we got this squad, you want to earn it. The 
the beauty of a Leicester run, um, their Premier League title is because right. what you earn. It's yeah, so it's absolutely. just disappointing on that level. I get it from the Barcelona perspective too. Obviously, Barcelona is one of the last teams to officially leave uh, what we know as the Super League because Barcelona is one of those teams that is technically person-owned, um, one of the clubs in Spain that became exempt over a Spanish law in, like I think, the 90s that let them, because all clubs in Spain used to be like that, but basically because they kept losing money, Spain passed laws to make sure people were transparent. Back in the day, Barcelona is only four clubs that get to be owned by club by their members still because they could prove that they had like five years of positive finances. I mean, the five years before the law, and that was like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Osasuna. Um, can I? I might be Athletic Bilbao, uh, but it's one other club. I know the first three are definite, but that's the point. Barcelona is one of those teams. Real Madrid is one of those teams, and those present Florentino Perez is the president. Um, Barcelona has a president. We have our elections, the board elections, but they're still technically club managed. Like the 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 members, those people. Like I think Real Madrid has like ninety thousand or something like that. They're the ones who get to vote. But it ends up being the people that get to be presidents and board members are rich anyway, because you even to run, you're supposed to be able to present a bank guarantee to help make sure that the club runs. And the reason these guys run is because they promise and name things like, oh, I'm going to bring in these people and they spend lots of money and they bring them into debt. Um, but it keeps continuing because, yeah, Real Madrid and Barcelona are basically always arguing to be number one and two and most valuable teams in the world. So they're just trying to make more revenue. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a hard thing, I think, because... Soccer, I think part of the appeal, at least my appeal to the the games, was just it, it feels very, like, grounded. It feels very, like, local. It feels very accessible. And obviously it's not super popular here in America because of uh United States, rather, that because... Well, then that's... It should be said that it's certainly changing. I mean, I'm it's changing. Something... It's getting. It's getting there. But I mean, the accessibility. That's part of the issue here in the United States. It's just. It's a expensive sport here in the United States for the people. And the pace, who place system is extremely. Yeah, extremely. It's extremely restrictive. Whereas yeah. many other yeah. places, because it's such a common, it's the most popular sport in those places. So it's mm. just more common and more accessible for those kids to play it. So forth. It just feels like a very local thing. I mean, we it's a joke, but it's cliche, but it's real to a point. The magic of the FA Cup, right? It's the fact that some small club can get to go Hail to a big club. Absolutely. Go at a big club, just have that time. Like, it's a big thing for them just to get the money from the TV match, just to make it. Correct. And then yes. even if they score a goal, that's a Pyrrhic victory for them, even if they lose 5-1. Thanks, Gillingham. Thanks for coming up here, uh, for getting your shellacking. But that's you know, part I... of it. They get the chance. And, I mean, you have, like, the crazy run. Ajax get into the Champions League semifinals. Like, you watch it because, you like, that's part of why you watch it. And yeah, so with, it's with kids, by the way. They turned over Juventus and Real Madrid back to back with right. kids. Like That's you know what I'm saying? Like you get you get to watch Tottenham lose to Dinamo Zagreb on a crazy hat trick. Like it, Oh my god. Like, they earn oh. it. And of course like but 
you earn it. You just like, and I'm not going to lie, the American sports system, we get up for those games because that's what American sports is. You're regulated for that. Yes. Oh, it's Lakers versus Celtics when those teams were big or, you know, those matches when it's when the Warriors were big and it was Warriors versus Cleveland. Sure, we get it. It's LeBron. Like, that's how we're regulated. And that Champions League provides enough of that. I don't think they need to manufacture these artificial matches because I don't like it. It's just like International Champions Cup, even though those big names don't always play those preseason matches here in America. That's what that is. And that's what the yeah. Super League would be. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. I don't care if you win this. Now you just. You made it the most artificial title ever. I know we were talking before about, oh, Premier League when it left First Division. Y'all just rebranded First Division. It's not like you made something new. This is a whole new competition. It doesn't mean anything. Like, you're the best. No sporting merit. and No no, sporting merit. And, like, when you – yeah, it's just terrible. So, that's just – Shout out to Elliot. Because Elliot was – Elliot and I were talking about this on, um, on Twitter. And his response was, Oh, so basically their audience, their core audience are the people that play FIFA Ultimate Team. And I was like, yes, that's absolutely what it is. That's, that's that all is it 100% is. what it is. It's the FIFA-fication of real-life sporting competition. Right. That, that's it, lose, it. it loses its luster when you just want the superstars and you don't want the people who are there on merit. Who else gets to become a superstar if you're not going to give them the opportunity? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I mean, I mean we're also ta- I mean. One of the biggest factors that we that we haven't even got a chance to talk about yet is how this impacts the players, because we're talking yes. about players that right. would have been restricted from playing in the World Cup, the Euros, Afcon, Kamabul, Concacaf, and every other international competition. The Olympics. <laughs> everything. Go. They, they everything. They wouldn't have been able to. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. And I think we all can agree with this. Players when they play internationally, despite how some fans feel about their style of play when they turn when you know when they get off the bus and they are playing with their countrymen they they just seem to be playing better because they because they get a chance to play with their brothers in arms or their sisters in arms versus playing for a crest that they may not even be attached to the following season right yes are yeah. there are there players that are dedicated to the club crest that they play for certainly and that and and, and 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 that is why in the premier league you had james milner and um uh i think it was jordan henderson got all the club captains together across the prem and said look guys we need to figure this shit out and there were all those yeah, meetings yeah. about all different play you know all different club captains showing up and what they're going to drive to the meeting to and all the, first of all they didn't drive to anything the meeting was on zoom Let's just be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They did Zoom meetings just like everybody else because what? It's a global fucking pandemic out here, son. They are not trying to catch the Rona just like we aren't. So it also, that's, that's, also that's short notice. And the UK is kind of big, even if they were going to meet up. That right. kind of right. Zoom just works out for everybody. <laughs> and, and and I mean, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, like the the, the reason I'm making that joke is because it. Uh, I saw a meme where people were suggesting that it was like the uh, Hanna Barbera, the uh, Hanna Barbera um, world, the, the uh, world race, uh, where you had all the different cast of characters and wacky races. Yeah, <laughs> the wacky race. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. I love that cartoon. That's, actually, that's a fantastic analogy to tell you the truth. Wacky oh, that's what it was. Peace to Penelope Pit Stop. But yeah, I just I I can't believe that like because because what we immediately saw where we saw you know I think first was Jordan I think uh, James Miller was the first player in the in the prem um, pl- players oh, in right. the uh, Serie A and yeah. um, uh, La Liga were notably were no, have have been noticeably silent right uh, of the clubs that were mentioned in this initial twelve but you had pl- but think but think about all of the players in the prem because we've been talking about. How many episodes have we talked about Brexit and how it's going to significantly impact not just international play, but player visas playing for current Premier League clubs, right? And how yeah. this potential Super League would impact that. Because if you think about it, they wouldn't have anything to play for during an international mm-hmm. break. They wouldn't have mm-hmm. anything to play for in the summer. Because this yep. league was because there was a rumor that this league was going to start in August, which would have replaced. And now, 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 think about what was also happening in August. You had the end of the Euros. You had uh, Afcon, which was the, happening a year later. You had the Olympics. The, the Olympics this the, year. The That's Olympics this league. year. You mm-hmm. had they just announced those groups. Yeah, and you have, you know, all of these players literally fighting for spots. Right. You have. Um, these, you know, their, you know, their international managers showing up to their matches to uh, decide whether or not they're going to pick them for international play. They wouldn't have had that ability to to play because they joined the Super. Because FIFA and UEFA said, literally said, you cannot do international play. You can't do um, club related things you, you you are you are barred from anything uh players are barred from playing for any relegation so you know slash football is you know run like a business so you know you're not at it from the business side of it <laughs> and, like, and i don't give a fucking <laughs> but that's the thing you know yeah that's exactly the thing like we separate like our reality from this, like this is not, it's not real. It's like, would you want to, uh, if your boss told you like you have to work 30, uh, like a uh, hundred hour a week, but make half what you make, would you do that? Like, no, you wouldn't do that. So like to think, to think like, oh, but it's good for business. Of course I'll do this. Like, no, you don't think that in real life. You don't. Th- so why would you apply that to any other situation? And I think Neil, I, I think I want to pull out a point what you just said um, around the fact that um, when you with, with the with the clubs that uh, the clubs that you mentioned around, particularly around the, the money that's involved and the cost that's involved, like they're going to uh, you didn't say this, it was Joseph that said it, but like they're going to come back. Like the like this formation is not over. It's not like oh okay, well we listen to y'all. So they are pl- they just how they plan this out. Like to be backed by J.P. Morgan to like the tune of billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars. Billions. This has been oh, planned for like years. This has been planned yes. for years, and they've been plotting for this for years. So yeah. they'll be back. <laughs> they'll have better PR. 
and they'll break your heart again. Like that's just the nature of what businesses do. Like they, they're again, they do not care about you. Uh, no. They, they, they care about you, and and they cared about you in this instance because there was a lot of backlash towards it, and that hurts their their standing. But once it's safe again for them to actually create this league, once they, once like the economy is in a in a different situation than it is now. They'll do it again. And I, I I personally am sad I can't see uh Real Madrid versus um you know Liverpool in, in um the Expedia Stadium with Doja Cat performing. I, I'm sad about that. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> for aesthetic reasons. I would love to see Doja Cat perform for other for reasons for, for talent reasons, of course. Uh, always for talent reasons. But point being is that that that's it's it's a reality that's going to happen. Um, I think it's just the course of history. So unless we change the system that we're in now, you're going to foresee this happening. And this is why this is why I was saying like you can't forgive. I'm not going to forgive uh, the Manchester City executive team for doing this because I know their intentions. Um, their intentions is to make money. Um, that's why they. That's why they bought Manchester City. That's why they. Uh, do all these community-oriented things. Like, oh, my gosh, they're great. Look at all the great they've done for us. Um, we'll forgive you for leaving. We'll forgive you for trying to leave and then coming back. It's like, when they're, when they're ready to go, all that community stuff, it, it's not going to mean a damn thing to you anymore. So uh, They're leaving that, that behind when they go. That's the thing as well, Jonathan. Like, it, it, to your point, the reason why people needed to press back and press back hard against this. And I said this on Twitter and I'll say it again. This is not over. This is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Just like all the times that they tried to break the Premier League off out of the football pyramid entirely and failed. This Super League venture has just opened up another Pandora's box. We have to be more adamant about having a model that their man in Argentina have where no club is privately owned. All the clubs have public equity in it at the majority. At the very least, a 50 plus one rule like they do in Germany. We need that now more than ever. Like we have to push back and press back hard. FIFA, UEFA, I hope you man are listening because you man are next. Word to Bill Goldberg. You're getting this work because as far as I'm concerned, the momentum is with the football supporters right now. To that end, I would like to finish up by saying that this is not any kind of petty nonsense that I'm drawing, you know, certain man out and all that sort of stuff. But it does need to be said, this whole it's good for business has never been a good excuse. It's never been an excuse, period. Because as I said, when it's good for business, chances are more often than not, it's bad for us. The people who work for that business, they're exploiting you, bro. You're going to mention MLS as a re uh, NFL, MLB, NHL, all these places where literally MLS almost had a lockout situation this year. They literally almost had a lockout situation this year. The NWSL doesn't even have a collective bargaining agreement. We mentioned that on the set piece, talking about their piss poor wages and their wage structure that they've given. You think that's yeah. a good thing? Let's not you, act like part of the reason MLS is trash is because there's no promotion or regula relegation. So, exactly. 
There's no incentive for anybody to get better because, oh, I'm going to be here. Like, oh, and we're going to... So, like, you don't even care about the Supporters' Shield, which is what's important in every other league in the world. But, yes. no, We've I need someone to come. again. Okay, yes. whatever, bro. We've mentioned that too. Like, the other thing as well, before the pro realm man then want to go ahead and get on their fucking high horse, let me tell you lot to shut the fuck up and all as well. Because pro promotion and relegation does not solve all the problems that are endemic in this game. The first thing that's wrong with it is the amount of money, the amount of private interest that is involved in this game. The crisis of capitalism, as pointed out originally by Karl Marx and again by our own Jonathan in his article. He's absolutely motherfucking right to say that this will happen again if we don't get active. The fact that people are active right now should spell out to people that we can do something about this. I don't want any more apathetic motherfuckers in my midst when it comes to this game. None. If you're going to keep doing this shit over and over again, talking about, well, it's good for business. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, we need money. Fuck you. Fuck you and the hole you slithered out of. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We can do something about it. You saw that in the first 48 hours of people getting active. Okay, it wasn't about racism. Even I said that on the day it was announced. But we need momentum to start from somewhere, no? And if you really think that they were going to kick racism out of football with the advent of the Super League, you're even dumber than you look. Because as far as I'm concerned, they were never going to take care of that shit. The only color they care about is green, bro. That's it. That is it. Or whatever the fucking color that happens to be for the certain euro notes that are floating around. Or the pound sterling, for that matter. Because them, I mean, that, that shit looks like Monopoly money. And I will say that as a, as a, as a British man. You understand what I'm saying it to you? Really does. But it really does that, look like Monopoly money. It does look like Monopoly money. Let's keep it a bean. But at the end of the day, like, it just... Think before you speak. Please. <laughs> There was so much riding on this, and it means more than just money. You saw that in the streets, everywhere in England. And they don't give a shit about anything. Their man will vote for the Tories tomorrow if there was another general election. You understand what I'm saying to you? But when it came to the shit they care about the most, they squatted up. You better pay fucking attention. You better pay attention. I mean, and I'm saying this out of love. I'm not saying this out of malice. Because I see it for a lot of you men out here that are doing this. And for the gal them too that are doing this, you know, uh, black podcasters and everything. Trust me, we're going to get over this line. But we're not doing this bootlicking shit no more, bro. I mean, I we mean, can I, change the game. We, we've proven that. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, Joseph, the, 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 so, so what Joseph is saying, to, to take it a step further, this is not a call out to the folks who have been bootlicking. This is to the, to, to the folks that were doing a little bit of that, that we have respected and have in our Discord community and all this other thing. This is a call in. And, then, and, then, and also, I have to call you in for a second, John, because you, because you wanted to have Doja Cat perform, and I got to be honest with you, if Doja Cat performs, uh, Tenactin is going to be the sponsor because she's a racist show and feet. And listen, like she is though. Like is though, Tenactin is going to be she the sponsor though, of that shit. So she is though. <laughs> she is though, bro. That's a that's a suitable call name as well. Tenactin. Like, yeah, listen, I'm gonna need. 
I'm gonna need a leave to come through with that sponsorship money as well because we're gonna need that boy. I was about Listen, to say, Zach, then please hit us up. Uh, yeah, FC at gmail.com. Thank you. Slide that, slide that email in, son. Yeah, but like, yeah, no, let it's me, not. Let me add, yeah, let me add to that too. Like, twin Neil saying, like, I, I the, you, it is a calling. You're right. Being reactionary is like a standard effect <laughs> um, in all Western countries, but definitely the United States for sure, because, you know, like the nature of the Super League is modeled after the United States uh, version of, you know, NFL, NBA, MLB, you name it. And again, it, it's reactionary because the people that you rely on to invest and fund your experiences in 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 football like again arsenal the, the big six arsenal city united tottenham chelsea uh, liverpool uh atletico madrid barcelona real madrid uh, inter ac milan juventus um the, I'm, i think that's a, i think that's a big 12 uh, I, and whoever else has been invited just understand like you have to be able to see beyond like uh beyond your your Beyond like two feet in front of you, like the people that own these clubs, Kroenke, like I, mm-hmm. I, I put it in the, in the notes in, in the in the in the article, mm-hmm. he owns or well, he doesn't own his fam his family is his uh, in laws, Walmart owners who exploit people every day, um, shut down businesses, pe- leave people unemployed. They are ruthless. They are ruthless. People and these are the people that own your club. UAE exploit people, exploit people, slave labor <laughs> to build up their country. Um, and I, I support city all the way, but that's a contradiction that I have to live with. So we all live in these contradictions, and our, the contradictions actually affecting us now. And that's why we're acting. That's why we're out. That's why 400 Chelsea fans are out in the street, uh, yep. <laughs> wanting that club back. Uh, yep. Ranger Roman, uh, uh, grateful for him, even though you know he's exploited thousands, millions of people. Uh, whereas Russians died uh, of starvation and hunger after the fall of the Soviet Union. But that's, an, I mean, these are the people that own your clubs. So it's it's your you understand now that you've been reactionary. So now you're at a point where okay, do I continue with this? Because um, the same people own the people that. We, I think it's for me. It's even more. Uh, I understand you don't know a lot. Like you don't. Nobody knows everything in the world. But it's hard, especially particularly engaging on Twitter because people talk about this all the time. They talk about horrible billionaires all the time, and these are the same people that own your club. Like, how do you not see the contradiction in that? Um, and still support, still support like <laughs> the Super League. I don't. I don't understand that. I just don't understand that. So that that's where I'm I'm lost because you have the information there readily available yet you still are on the same path which which hopefully now is, you have that moment because now like there's no excuse at this point if you don't see the 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 path that you need to go down then right, I'm definitely calling you out at that point um, yeah so yeah uh, uh, to, and we'll finish up before we go to break um, I'll say one more thing and then I will finish up with what Arma said directly to Arsenal, which I think is definitely important to mention on this episode because it couldn't be with us um, as planned. But what I will say is that I'll repeat what I've said from the very beginning. 
We should all be aware that there is no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. Arguing over who's a hypocrite and who's not is wasted energy. You are wasting time. We are born into a system that demands your complicity, and your complicity just leads to you being exploited. There is no way out. They've already kind of consolidated that. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? The way that is out is that you build your shit, as my dad said to me in an earlier conversation that we had this year, and I'm big, big 35 years old, but he leveled with me. And he said, son, we're just going to have to build what it is that we care about within their shit and defend it to the death. He's not wrong. That is the way out. So you have to stop with the apathy bullshit. You have to stop acting like, oh, well, there's nothing that I can do. Might as well go ahead and give them my money because they're making money from somewhere. Like, stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Find something resembling a spine, please, and stand up for yourself. You understand what I'm saying to you? We can argue about who's a hypocrite and who's not until we... Doing the whole gotcha shit on social media and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's fun for the dunks, but it gets nothing done. We have to stand up where? Somewhere. The line will be drawn where? Somewhere. It doesn't matter where. Because it's been drawn now. And it's somewhere to start from. And you're either you're with it or you're not. To that end, let me wrap up before we go to break with what Arma said directly to Arsenal. There is no apology that will overcome the betrayal of the past few days. We've supported you through a massive decline, hamstringing Wenger and sacrificing him. Through abhorrent transfer policy for a decade. Through ticket prices and wage cuts. Sacking staff and Gunasaurus. What even are Arsenal values? Where has the class gone? I used to drive an hour in the winter at 6.30am to cheer on the team in the company of other Gooners as we accept another mediocre display against teams you just tried to relegate to a permanent underclass. I'm unimpressed to say the least, and I'm still furious in fact. What even are Arsenal's values? What is your identity? Why should I ever support you again? These folks said they were seeking greater solidarity whilst attempting to secure permanent elite status with a handshake in a back room, not on the merit of sporting performances. It's, it's disingenuous and insulting. If that isn't bars all the way through, gentlemen, I don't know what the fuck is. Shout out to Armour, who always keeps it real. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and pay a few bills. You know what I'm saying? Because capitalism is expensive. We'll be right back. The goddamn sauce. Nine different flavors. Same goddamn feeling. Share our passion for sauce and discover the full goddamn range at www.thegdsauce.com. Hashtag boss up. All right, welcome back. I mean, usually at this point, we would do a main segment, but we already know what the main segment is. We already know what the order du jour is. We're still talking about the Super League and all that fuckery. We'll go to Adam um, next. So obviously PSG and Bayern don't want in the Super League as of recording. Certainly at the time that they've been approached, they felt, uh, PSG said that they were, they feel loyalty to the domestic league, so they were going to do it. And uh, to UEFA. 
they were also said that they were concerned about what it means for clubs out, um, outside that elite status. Bayern Munich echoed those sentiments. I believe Borussia Dortmund did as well. For a club like PSG to say that, though, considering who they're owned by, is extraordinary. Like, I feel like that was more strategic than anything else. But how do you feel about it, Adam? Like, what about their statement? Kind of... I mean, what? how did you feel about them not participating? Because if anybody were to jump at this chance, it would have been one of those two clubs, but they didn't. So how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, Bayern kind of knew what they were up against because Bayern is part of, in Germany, I mean, Germany has uh, the stipulation that all clubs have to be at least, it's 50 plus one. So the club ownership is still pretty much maintained by the fans that are owners. So they knew it wasn't going to sail. Um, and even though, you know, we know that the Super League invited Bayern, they invited Borussia Dortmund because those are two very... Um, popular clubs and um, can our people would want to see have big I mean let's be honest with it you know going back to like when we joke about why did they want Tottenham in there Tottenham has a big American fan base that's it that's it it's money Americans have money and Tottenham has a big American fan base Tottenham has a stadium that the NFL uses for those whole <laughs> those NFL matches each year so it's like two a year I think at this point um, so it's all about the branding um, so Bayern, I mean, they knew it. First of all, they knew even if there were club brass that knew that would have loved to have jumped at the chance, they knew they were never going to get their fans to support it. Like, it's just, it's insane to even think about, um, PSG. And I think that's why when you look at PSG, you look at why Manchester City and Chelsea were the first ones to drop out. Both of those club owners, when you look at it, for Manchester City and Chelsea, that is, they're rich. They didn't need to join this. They didn't need to um, join this league. It was more so, well, everybody else is doing it. I guess we should do it. Because it still was a lot of money. Like, let's not walk away from it. But they also didn't need to do it. They would have been perfectly happy to the status quo. Yes, let's do the Swiss model. That's fine. Honestly, if the Swiss model didn't change, I'm sure they would have been all right anyway which is why PSG was in a very comfortable position to say, no, this is dumb. We respect our league. Um, also, let's be honest, when you look at the capitalist part, PSG is run by the guy that runs BN Sports. So is he pissing off UEFA right now? Is he pissing off FIFA potentially for future World Cup rights? Of course he's not. So even if he wanted to say, yeah, sure, let me get some guaranteed extra money, he's not, because he's not going to piss off those people. So even if, that's the worst part about this whole thing, even if I'm denying it, even if the people, like, went against it and they released the best statement that said, oh, we're about the competition and the fans, like, they probably, there's still capitalist reasons for why they chose not to do it. Um, I'm happy that they did. Um, and they're right not to do it. I mean, they have their whatever, whether it was the capitalist reasons, whether it's for the, you know, the fans and the competitive spirit reasons that they allege. That's great too. I think it's still more so like right in Bayern's case, they never would have passed with fan support because um, all those things still have to be voted on. And for PSG, it's like we don't need this. And I think I believe after um, Agnelli. Uh, Juventus president resigned from the ECA and stepped down. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, 
uh, the PSG president or somebody, one of the PSG officials has been nominated in his place. So there you go. So now that's the person who's going to have the influence on the next round of discussions with everything that goes forward. Um, so um, I'm happy those guys stand out. Like, I mean, for the German teams, they really had no choice. PSG is rich. That's why they quit. Um, so that's it. I, I, to speak to what we were talking about before, like Arsene Wenger talked about this so long ago. Florentino Perez brought it up again in 2009, so he's been angling this for a while. We know this is, and as Jonathan said, this is going to come back at some point. Um, this has been an epic fail, but they are hopefully, like, I shouldn't say hopefully, but they're most likely learning from everything they did wrong this time and figuring it out and figuring out what they have to do next time, who they got to massage, who they got to bribe, whatever they have to do to get the net. And, like, also, you know, work with, you know, it's the Deloitte Money League. I'm sure Deloitte's going to get some consulting fees on this to figure out what's the best plan going forward, how best to articulate this to the member associations because that's the thing you have to it's true you have to basically convince uefa you have to convince fifa but they're all motivated by money anyway if anybody says hey you're guaranteed if you they'll probably say you can operate this league but there's going to be a 10 percent fee to operate the fee in this continent so you got to pay whatever you earn profit or pay a pay a fee just to operate in this league, and that'll be the UEFA payout. They'll figure something out, and where you feel like it was uh, if it's inevitable, not, it's going to be one of those. If it's not, yeah. if it's not here in the United States, it's definitely the European Union. So no, 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 it is here. Both. We already won it. Twenty twenty six is in the United. It's a cross continent one, buddy, because it's the one that's the expanded oh, you're talk- one. Oh, you're talking about yeah. The, you're talking about the actual tournament. Proper. I'm saying the next World Cup. Yeah, no, I'm just saying right. Uh, so I'm saying at that one. That's going to mm. be a cross. That's the cross. It's the. I'm sorry, not cross continent, but it's right. It covers the whole North American continent, right? We're going to mm. have matches in Mexico, United States, and Canada. And Canada. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the biggest push for them. Like everybody's going to see how that works out. And remember that the ramp up to that, like Concacaf, is launching two new leagues. One where it's going to be a Campeones Cup. So that's going to be what the four best MLS teams against the four best. Mexican teams in a cup, yeah, right. Um, And then there's a different cup. There's the league's cup. I think that's going to be like that's going to be a Concacaf thing too, where it's like four teams. They're trying to. They're trying trying to do a Swiss model of that too for like all of the United States for all of I'm sorry North America. So North America and Central America, I should say. So um, I think after that, like we're gonna have like we have like they put this out there, and now if anything, even though it was. That it failed for them. It's a seed for everybody because this has all been talking about it. The FIFA president has gone on record as wanting an African Super League because his whole thing is that if you want to promote it in different countries, in different continents, and bring the bring the whole world up on an equal level, like we like he's referenced the European dominance. So to do that, he believes like Super Leagues in other continents might help lift that up. So the African Super League has been discussed. We're having this CONCACAF stuff happen more often. Like it's it the British Super League, right? They talk about like the like the all Ireland. They're trying right, they're talking about putting Ireland and Northern Ireland together. 
just this year we uh neil brought it up in our discord please join us we give you lots of information on discord on a daily basis but neil brought it up when uh belgian belgium and the netherlands are looking like it's not official yet but they're looking into joining their premier league into a combined league to present so it's one of those things that like there's resistance now but they're going to figure it out. We're going to get these regional leagues. They're going to get these different levels of competition to satisfy those 30, the 15 to 30 big clubs that want more money and can justify it with a global fan base. Um, they're going to figure it out and they're going to figure out a way to um, pay off the people that they're upsetting um, with enough parachute payments or like guaranteed money based on all the money that they plan to make that. There's a reason J.P. Morgan Chase was underwriting this. There's a reason, like, they know that there's money in this. Like, J.P. Morgan Chase that can lose a cocaine boat during a pandemic. I'm trying to tell you they moved. Sad. They're like, nah, it's all right. We lost the cocaine, but we ready to fund this Super League. Like, we ready to go because we're going to make our money back. And we're going to double up. Like, we good. So, I mean... This is like a soccer, soccer uh, association football. Like they know it's it's the most popular sport for a reason, um, and they're gonna figure out how to squeeze as much money out of it. That's how capitalism works. Um, and yeah, it's just like so. Again, PSG. Back to your original question. PSG was like, nah, we don't need to do this because we're rich. We like this is weird, and we already know like. They probably thought, yeah, our fans are going to be pissed off. And mm-hmm. Bayern and Borussia knew, like, our fans are never going to go for this. So, of course, we're going to come out as against this because we can't even join you. Uh, as much as we wish we could, I know the administration. If they knew they could convince the fans, they'd be like, yes, please. Let's get, like, let's be honest. I don't think we've mentioned this. Supposedly, the Super League was going to guarantee a payout of like $400 million every year. Four twenty-five to start with. Four hundred twenty-five right. to start with. I think that's, is what was quoted. That's hard to leave. I, hey, that's that's a rough number to leave on the table. I mean, Arsenal has borrowed one hundred and twenty million pounds from the uh, the Bank of England this year. So four hundred twenty-five guaranteed. Yeah, I get it. I see the appeal, but I do too. But at the same time, that's more of a reason to push back against it. And what I mean by getting active is also making sure that we get legislators on side. I mean, it's nothing short of an absolute mindfuck that even Boris Johnson is actually serious about passing laws that something that Jeremy Corbyn floated but was ran out of here called a communist and everything in the pejorative sense. Like, it really doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. That man was right about everything. Free broadband... Now everybody in the UK is on this thing because the pandemic hit. You know what I'm saying? Um, He was saying that we want to give football supporters more say in how their clubs are run. Now, all of a sudden, we want to go ahead and pass something similar to the 50 plus one rule here in the UK or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's only a matter of time before that kind of talk definitely lands here on these shores. But what I will say here in the United States, supporters have already gotten active. Like. If you look at clubs like Detroit City FC, where people have equity in their clubs, you know what I'm saying? If you look at the NISA model, 
where they basically decided we're just going to build our shit from the ground up. Um, and yeah, money's tight, but at least it's a club that it, the club that resembles the culture first and foremost. And secondly, it's a league that is actually there on sporting merit. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. The USL is still knocking about promotion and relegation is a thing there between those those leagues. So fantastic and bully for them. Although the pandemic did kind of like put a halt to actually finishing those leagues up last season. But again, health and culture over everything. We can't, you know, do battle on the pitch and just, you know, just cause there's a there's a deadly virus about. So we have to be sensible about it. But still. This is the reason why I said fuck you to all the people that were just like, you know, well, this is the reason why we need pro in the United States. Yeah, it's not going to fix all the problems, though, because, again, the main issue here is that even if I were to go ahead and take this footballing pyramid here in the United States and I were to make it proper, promotion and relegation from the top to the bottom, like who's really going to be able to flex in the MLS when they don't have the kind of capital that, say, an LAFC, a Seattle Sounders, uh, Columbus crew, hell, even Orlando City has to flex at the moment. Or, um, as we're going to find out just how much money they will have when they have to pay these sanctions, into Miami. So it's just like, at the end of the day, not everybody's here on sporting merit. The raw fact of the matter is that everybody, most of the elite clubs that you like are here on capital merit. That is what they're here on. They're here because their bank balance says that they can be here. So clubs like PSG and Bayern Munich saying, well, we don't, you know, we don't, I mean, that's a lot of money, but we don't need it. That's just pragmatism. They can afford literally to spin this off into, you know, them doing the right thing by their supporters, by their domestic leagues and all that sort of stuff. But I'll pose the same question to Neil and then Jonathan. What are you man saying? So I'm going to uh, – some, something that we've talked about at length and at, at nauseum, and we're going to do a set piece about it eventually, um, is this idea that FIFA is above reproach when it comes to everything related to this, right? We're talking about a footballing authority that has human rights violations, that has yes. racism violations, that has xen yes. xenophobe violations. Meanwhile yes. – has a fucking video game that has been making money hand over foot. We were talking earlier about how this is the FIFAfication or the FIFA Ultimate Team. Uh, the the uh, we were you know there you know you know, you know there was connecting the Super League to FIFA Ultimate Team, right? And you were and you were talking about a mode in a video game where the uh, where the children are basically gambling for cards, right? What used to be, you know, uh, card collecting used to be, and, and still is a big thing for all sports. But in essence, what you're playing, what you are paying for, literally with your own money, or your, or in these kids' case, their parents' hard on hard earned money, is virtual cards, or or you or you are paying for virtual currency to roll the dice and get a high ranking card. And at the end of the day. If like what what really is insidious about this operation is FIFA could have under the table told these uh, clubs that left the Super League because there you know there's two left but the but the uh, ten that left we will 
under the table give you some of the money associated with this game. There's a reason why so many likenesses and licenses are attached to their fucking video game and not attached to any other, right? Pez, a, a rival video game, has been uh, fighting for the rights for not just individual players, but individual clubs for as long as FIFA has been a thing. So you... so. Uh, Meanwhile, FIFA has all of these naming rights, has all of these licenses, uh, has, uh, you know, can uh, generate all of these likenesses uh, all simultaneously and make money off their video game. Every year, if you're, you know, you're basically getting the same game, um, just, you know, adding a different year to the end of it. And again, we're going to go in detail about EA Sports and FIFA and, and, and in a separate, uh, uh, set piece, but the reason the reason why I'm bringing it up is because the players that end up on the cover of these FIFA games, uh, the players that end up associated throughout the menus of the video games, the clubs that end up on the menus for these video games get money under and above the table because of their licensing. They, you know, so this, so, so, so this idea that FIFA is above reproach, and, and we're not even, t- like, like, we haven't even talked about in detail, Adam touched on it a little bit, but we haven't even talked in detail about the, the human rights violations leading up to the fucking World Cup in Qatar. We haven't even talked about the fact that they're literally killing humans to build god-awful stadiums that are going to be for one World Cup. One. Not several. One. And they're never going to play in those stadiums again. And people are dying so those stadiums are being built. They are literally destroying homes, destroying lives, and killing people so those stadiums can be built. So, so what you're not going to do is tell me that FIFA is above reproach as far as the shit is concerned. Because they're not. No, you're absolutely right. And quick note before we go to Jonathan on this. Uh, shout out to Roger Bennett of the Men in Blazers. Um, what is wrong with you? Do you understand how many people have died to build those stadiums out there? We ju- as Neil said, human rights abuses, literal blood on FIFA's hands. And that's not even just Qatar. When Media Diversified was knocking about in the UK, I cover the way that the Brazil World Cup in 2016, was it? Um, was, uh, was, 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 was to come about and how the Brazilian government corruption played a massive part in that. Do you know how much money they used to fund that? And do you know what that money was earmarked for, Rog? Like, please get some fucking perspective, mate. Because really and truly, I know you're out here trying to do all lighthearted and keep everything all fun and folksy and things of that nature. But this is serious. This is serious because the stuff that people are getting active about is inextricably linked with the bullshit that they deal with on a day-to-day basis but are apathetic about, as Jonathan and Adam and Neil have all touched on here. So, I want to make this abundantly clear. The game that we want directly, the game that we want does not mirror the life that we lead. But if we want the game that we really, truly, passionately want, which I have definitely seen in the last week for the first time, I will say, in certain pockets, we still need to work on the whole anti-racist praxis, but we'll get to that. But I mean, at the end of the day, I just want people 
to actually see that we can have the game that we want, but it's going to take a hard graft. We have to get legislators and all sorts on side. Serious about this thing. You know what I'm saying? You want the game to remain in the people's hands or realistically, if we want the game to be controlled by the people again, you have to get serious. So Jonathan, to that end, with PSG doing up their nonsense and Bayern Munich doing up their nonsense, FIFA and UEFA trying to position themselves as the good guys. What were, I mean, what was going through your mind, especially when you wrote that article? What was you going through your mind about that? What was going through my mind is the only good people were the supporters uh, and the players. That was the only thing that was going through my mind. PSG, Bayern, they, again, they saw the backlash, so they... They they were not going to go to levitate toward the Super League anyway. It's really the terms, and that's why FIFA and UEFA ultimately, uh, you know, put up their wall against it because they were excluded from this. The terms were not there for them, so they were like, "Nah, we ain't gonna let this happen. We're too big of an institution. We're a very toxic capitalist institution, and we cannot let this happen." But if the terms are right for them, they would have, of course, supported the Super League. No questions asked. And I think um, that's the point I was trying to think of um, when Neil said earlier, like about like they're banning you from banning players from playing in the World Cup or any of the the Confederation Cups. Is that and, and ultimately it's why the Super League collapsed because it's these tournaments that bring the tournaments have the same effect the Super League does in terms of attracting people. People, non-casual uh, football fans gravitate to the sport because of the World Cup, because of Euros, because of the Gold Cup, because of the Come to Bowl, um, Copa America, because of the Asian Cup, um, because of AFCON. Like, these are the reasons, these, this is how people, this is how they attract people to buy into the product. So, yeah, you can't shake that up um, without, if you shake that up in that, in that way, you're going to lose you're actually going to lose the revenue that you were trying to build in the Super League. So there's that. And I think PSG and PSG and Bayern would have definitely joined. No no questions asked. They would have found a way to circumvent in Germany, circumvent the 50 plus one system. They, they would have figured it out, no problem. Um, just like, you know, Barcelona is, like Adam says, it's a player-run club, but they found a way to get out. So Bayern would have done it, no problem. There would be no issues there. As long as the terms were correct for them. Um, and, and there's and whoever they need to satisfy um, in terms of sponsorships. So th- this is that that piece. Like, yeah, PSG, the Qatari folks have money, but we, as we see the nature of capital, people <laughs> love more. You have to accumulate. That there's no end to that. There's no stopping that. Um, nobody is because you have to keep exploiting more and more and more and more. Like, there's no end. It's that's why they say it's a cancer. <laughs> In essence, um, so there's that piece, and I think uh, one of the things I actually I'm I'm happy um, there was this uh, for, shout out to Versus um, Versus in the UK uh, footballing site. They're a great website. And I just saw an article by um, hope I'm not butchering um, his name, uh, Mayawa Quadri, um, who wrote uh, actually he wrote what I was trying to figure out like what is to be done now uh, now that We've seized, we, we're, the people were able to stop this from advancing. 
what do you do now? I think some of the pieces that he mentioned are things that we're thinking about too. It's like one, the players, and I, I'll just mention this one point um, just for the sake of time. Like players have to have their autonomy and um, sense of organization to actually stop these things from happening too. Because we, there's only so much the players, could, oh, sorry, there's only so much the supporters can actually do. Like we were talking about the Swiss, league, Swiss formation of a new uh, Champions League format, which is also horrible. It's like the players, the players have to agree to it to join it. So if like, if they do it, then I, I, as a supporter, I can't stop it from happening if the players already agreed to it. The players did not agree to the Super League. So there was, a, there was like a, a flanking um, for this. So that has to be, uh, and you know, part of what I, I wrote last year too is like, how do we solve racism in a post-COVID-19 world? It's like, black players need to form a union, um, in a sense, a global union to actually be able to implement these things and negotiate on these, sense, on these terms. Supporters need to have an equal stake at, at the table, too. It cannot be just dictated. Like, the reason why this happening is because, like y'all said, things are dictated at the top by the owners. Whatever they say goes, um, unless there's a heavy backlash like we just received. So now, now the vacuum is there. But, like, okay, actually, we as supporters do need to have a say. And it could be in Formula 50 plus one, even though there are many criticisms towards it. But there needs to be a mechanism where players, uh, men and women players, I mean, non-binary players too. Um, that uh, so that that entity, the entity of supporters, in the form of like maybe supporters, uh, uh, supporter clubs, um, whichever ones, folks, it, it could be all of them involved. But like, there has to be that understanding uh, and a sharing, a communal sense of what where football should be going. Um, that's the only way I see it. It can it can change because. We're now just deferring back to UEFA and FIFA, like they're the heroes. Or not even just the heroes, but like, okay, we're just we're gonna go back to it and everything's gonna be okay. No. Like we've been saying, they're gonna come they're gonna come at it again with better terms for FIFA and UEFA to sanction it. And then PSG and, and Bayern will join. Uh so is uh, all the other big clubs um in Europe will join. So there has to be a fundamental structural shift about who's actually conceding or allowing things to happen we don't have that now we're gonna fall back into our laurels and like let the let the league uh exploit people again and we're gonna be in the same situation probably like two years from now without doja cat of course yeah i mean well doja Doja Cat's gonna honestly at this rate, Doja Cat's probably gonna come up with like the official anthem for the 2026. Probably World Cup. at this so, rate, because I mean, like, I mean, at the at the end of the day, I guess you know, rubbing shoulders with white supremacist men is just something to kind of like put on the back burner for some people. For me, that is always something that is going to be like a question mark. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always going to be there because you did that and you still haven't, like, fully addressed that for me. But if people want to go ahead and let that go just so they can stand down, that's your business. That's your, you know, that's your money. That's your pum pum. That's whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me personally, I don't know. I'm always going to be hesitant in the same way that it's just like for the people who came out the gate, out the traps with the Super League stuff talking about, well, it's good for business. Yeah, I'm always going to side-eye you. I'm always going to side-eye you from this point on because I just don't know. I just don't know 
I just don't know how you can be so apathetic towards what's going on here. You see all these people getting active and you're doing up, you know, I niggerand kind of impersonations and shit. And like that level of contrarianism, my, like wowzers. It really did surprise me just how many of you did that. And I'm just not entirely sure that you're truly about this trying to advance and protect the cultural aspect of this game because it is a global game. Make no mistake about it. It's bigger than ProRel. It's bigger than the, the clubs that we support. It's bigger than the domestic leagues that we're fond of. It's bigger than all that. This is cultural. This is like part of the tapestry of humanity. So with that said, we'll touch on another thing here on the uh, lay docket. And here's what I will say uh, regarding this. We have to talk about Florentino Perez. That man has been moving like uh, Bosque region like Luthor for years now, decades now. You understand what I'm saying to you? That man is the personification, if there ever was one, of I don't give a fuck evil. You understand what I'm saying to you? If anybody gives less of a fuck than anybody, it's him. Why? Because he owes the most money out of everybody involved in this project. I want to make that clear. This is not him saving football. This is him saving his ass. Because his real, actual... I mean, I'm speculating here. But his, his real, like, plausible... There we go. His plausible conclusion would be him be, being the real-life Tony Montana trying to fight off all the people who are going to do him up something because he owed so much goddamn money. You know what I'm saying? It would have been a real-life Scarface situation where he'd been at the top of the stairwell of whatever mansion that he's in, trying to fight off as many people as possible, talking about, you know, you want to play rough? Okay. All that time. You know, you, you've seen the film. You already know how it goes down. So, like, starting with Adam again, Florentino Perez has been talking cash shit for like almost a week. <laughs> what, what do you make of that? Certainly as somebody who supported Barcelona and how he roped Barcelona into this, knowing that really and truly he was just trying to save his own ass. Like what, what, how do you feel about his role in all this? I mean, like I was saying during my earlier rant, like all of the teams that in Spain that, have club ownership but still the club or i'm sorry club member ownership that where the members vote and make decisions and so forth um again anybody that runs for president and anybody that runs for the board has to be able to present basically bank guarantees so basically they basically have to be rich florentino perez is worth 2.3 billion dollars like he's a rich guy um, he doesn't own the club outright or, or like he doesn't, you know, but part of how he wins elections, part of how Laporta wins the election for Barcelona is you promise to bring in all these club stars and rescue the team. And that involves a lot of money. Even to run, you're supposed to present a bank guarantee, like I said. So this is a guy who is he's a businessman. Like there's a reason he's a billionaire. Um, he's looking at a way to generate automatic profit and extract as much profit for the team as possible to continue to fund um, whatever it is he's trying to do and get whatever money he's trying to make on the side. Obviously, you know, there's not much money that um, they can 
you know, the, the books are the books at Real Madrid and there's only so much you can pull out of the club for yourself, but I'm sure you get stuff on side deals and whatever accounting tricks they do. But that's the point. Um, he's trying to guarantee as much money for the club as possible to continue. To, and it's a money grab. When you think about it, it's really crazy that, I mean, Real Madrid has gone in and the point of him bringing as many players as they have, even if they haven't had as much La Liga success in the last decade or so, they've been, unfortunately, I hate to admit it, pretty dominant Champions League-wise. Um, and that was the point. You want, like, your fans care about winning the Champions League. Your fans care about winning La Liga, Copa del Rey to a lesser, you know, all those things, they care about those things. Why would you... And you promised to bring these players here to win those championships. You didn't even come with a plan to explain why this new Super League would even even try to make up a lie about it being prestigious. <laughs> Winning this trophy is going to mean something. It's even better than a champ. Like, he didn't even try to make up the lie. Like, you didn't even think about the fact, like, all these people are this fanatic. Like, again, I think it's like, 90,000 people that are members of Real Madrid who vote regularly and, you know, pay their fee every year um, to do the vote, have that, have the option to get season tickets and all that kind of stuff. It's that many people that do it. Um, I don't know why you would have thought that all those people that are this fanatic about it, that actually pay 124 I think it's 124, 125 euros a year. They don't make money off of it. They 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 pay to get the right to vote and to maybe get tickets. Like that's all. That's it. These people are paying money, hard earned money, to get like no like no tangible value out of the club. It's really I get to vote. I get to, I get to support my club. It's the most pure thing ever. <laughs> Getting to pay to be a supporter. And to win these things that I care about winning, these trophies that mean something to me, and to think that you just thought, oh, yeah, they'll just totally go for it, without even trying to create some forced narrative about, like, the Super League. I mean, even the International Champions Cup, which has come up here in the United States, and well, actually, it's global. I shouldn't say United States. It's a global thing that they do in preseason. Um, even that tries to kind of make up some fake narrative and their points and somebody wins the cup every year, even though it's preseason matches, you might see the best players. It's really more so like, oh, look, our we can show our young players off and give them a tour of the United States or Asia, wherever it goes. And even that came up with a better narrative as to why it's important. And it's a made-up competition that's only in preseason. They didn't even think to do it. And that's how much hubris Florentino Perez has. Um, again, he's been talking about this since like 2009. He hasn't really hid his aspirations for it um, and knocking like the current system as it is and whatever flaws there are. And I'm not going to deny there are flaws in the system, but there's no way a Super League fixes it, but he will not let go of it. Obviously, the last clubs to leave the Super League are um, the Spanish teams who... Uh, again, even though Real Madrid and Barcelona are first and second in terms of uh, 
how much they're worth. They also have some of the biggest debt. Um, and that's the Serie A teams are also the ones with the biggest debt. So surprise, surprise, why they weren't trying to leave as easily. Um, and that's all I can say about Florentino Perez. He's a, a billionaire who's just part of the system and trying to extract as much money as he can out of what he thinks he can and just doesn't think too much about didn't it just wasn't too much i guess if we're gonna go on a business perspective didn't think too much about the branding didn't do enough market research with his fan base it just missed did not think about this product launch at all um and just again just doesn't know what he's doing like uh you know 74 same age as 45 maybe you just get a little too caught up in your ways around that age especially if you're rich and you think things will just go the way you want because um uh you think it's such a great idea and if you get enough support behind it that people will be with you but again he got a rude awakening um but the worst part is is that somebody more nuanced in the future it won't be him We'll figure out how to present this or some sort of um, some different form of this and present it in a different way. And it, it, it'll be harder to resist um, by the powers that be and the fans that might not have as much resistance at that point. Um, I hope that day is far, far, far away as possible. Um, but, you know, Florentino Perez just thought that he gambled and thought that day was today and lost horribly. So that's it. All right. Uh, Neil, thoughts on Florentino Perez? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Um, as a Atletico Madrid supporter, uh, he can sit and spin, first of all. Um, <laughs> just on GP, despite the, fact that at, despite the fact that Atleti was one of the three Spanish clubs that was a part of this travesty known as the Super League. Um, Florentino Perez, as Adam so eloquently said, um, is a billionaire who doesn't need to, uh, is so individually wealthy, he could, he could rescue his, the the club that he owns or co-owns with his own money and, and, and his own generational wealth. He has decided instead to create a super league to offset money because he likes what what you know closed leagues in America and other sports are doing at the end of the day um, I cannot stand that a owner who didn't even uh you know has spent the last several trade windows buying players he didn't necessarily need but and extending the contracts of players that are past their prime and simultaneously not as as adam said in the you know in the american challenge cup in the summer and and, and all of these smaller cups that are quote-unquote insignificant where you know young players get a chance to uh tour america and, and get a chance to start in uh, you know, against MLS clubs or clubs in South America or clubs in Asia. Um, and at the end of the day, th- these cups do generate revenue and they do provide an opportunity for, um, you know, fans and fans and supporters in other countries to see these teams live. But also what they do is 
they, they are the only time where young players on Real Madrid get a chance to play. And yet, you know, all the credit to Zizou, who is managing this club. Obviously, uh, Zinedine Dezan should have headbutted Florentino Perez right in the fucking chest, his, you know, his bird chest, and capsized his heart so he didn't have to manage, you know, or be the owner of Real Madrid anymore. Because obviously, Zizou would be a better owner, uh, you know, He's already revitalized the club in, in terms of Champions League and La Liga titles um, and kept them re- relevant. And now, now he's, you know, a semi-functioning, um, you know, uh, waste of uh, smegma. Like, it, he, do- he doesn't need to exist. And the fact that he has taken up so much of the footballing world in the past 72, you know, recent, recently has been on the top of mind. Um, uh, well, you know, obviously since 2009, cause he's been talking about the Super League since then. But recently he's been top of mind and top of conversation for, you know, the past 72 hours. And this is a guy, again, who has overspent on players his, you know, his club didn't necessarily need. And he's, you know, paying exorbitant wages to these players that he isn't even that he isn't even paying. Mind you, again, this guy's generational wealth dwarfs some of the other owners in the, the in and a part of his initial super league. So so the fact that his individual wealth could cover the losses that his club is suffering is pure greed. Plain and simple. Jonathan, obviously, you know, you had uh, a man like Sheikh Mansour uh, doing up the business for uh, for City. But Florentino Perez uh, has to give you some pause. So what would you say to him if you were in a room with him and had 15 minutes? There would be no windows as well, so you could do whatever you want. <laughs> Flo... The big Don Dada flow, man. I, I don't know what I would say to him other than you suck. <laughs> you <laughs> are president of a historically fascist club. You're broke. And yeah, I, I don't want nothing to do with you. Um, but if you don't give me a million dollars, I'll take it. I ain't going to lie about that. That's what I say about Flo Perez. I think y'all covered it. <laughs> y'all, y'all covered everything. Like, I, there's nothing else I can say about him other than that. Like, Lopez think, sounds like he's about to drop a mixtape, but yeah, but he can't rap because that's the. Anyway, let me not get started on that bastard. I think the the thing I saw, that means I saw to... more reggaeton, but yeah, cool. I mean, Bad Bunny is here, so we don't need him to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine Bad Bunny bringing him out on stage in Madrid? Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't Big do that, energy man. Man next year. A- Bad Bunny tour 2022. Nah, man. He's not even touching uh, Madrid on that tour, from what I understand. Like, uh, apart from anything else, he's had a good year this year. Man did up, you know, WrestleMania. Absolutely stole the show. Um, well, <laughs> until my girl Bianca came through and did the damn thing. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Shout out to Bianca there. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, I've been a fan of us for ages. I just had to get that out. But I mean, like the fact of the matter is this, right? You know, we can go ahead and as I mentioned before, we can do the whole tit for tat thing. Uh, where it's just like, oh, yeah, well, you took that perk and you took that perk. Listen, when you're down here and you're not one of them, when you're not uh, Flo Perez, when you're not John Henry, when you're not one of the Glazers, when you're not one of the Cronkies, when you're not Sheik Mansour, when you're not any of these minted people, um, Roman Abramovich, still never, ever getting off the hook, bro, ever. Like, when you're not um, Infant Infantano, I think is how you pronounce his surname, president of FIFA, uh, Whoever the dickhead that is is leading UEFA, you're not doing a good enough job. Uh, yeah, like, there can be nothing but contempt for all of you. And it doesn't matter how many perks that we take down here, that will never, ever be equivalent to the shit that you've done to the sport and the clubs within it. Like Arma said, like, you have to give me a reason to support you guys ever again. Because you're going to do it again. You know what I mean? Like... As Adam pointed out, it's going to happen again, but we need to be able to steal ourselves from any kind of apathy. Any kind of apathetic rearguard is not going to work here because we have shown that we can be effective. We can have the game that we want, even if it's not within the leagues that are currently owned by these paymasters, right? We, we can do it. It's absolutely something that can and should be done. Like we saw, I don't know how many clubs I've mentioned on this program, AFC Wimbledon, AFC Liverpool, FC United of Manchester. These are all clubs that were passionate about the clubs that they broke away from because they were sick of what the billionaires were doing to the thing that they loved. If that's what we have to do, then so fucking be it. Maybe there'll be an AFC Arsenal and I'll be right there with bells on. You know what I'm saying? Um, but until the Cronkies are gone, I just don't see any reason to even get excited for what is that Arsenal doing. I will enjoy the game as a neutral for now, in terms of European football, at least. I'll en I'll enjoy I'll enjoy it as a neutral. I don't know about what the rest of you man feel, um, although I kind of do. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like. I'm not going to have people who work day in, day out, support their clubs tirelessly, you know, sometimes fronting their own expense in order to do so, you know, with no reward other than maybe a pat on the head from the club that, that, that they're supporting. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to have the perks that they get out of supporting them made equivalent to what it is that the billionaires do to destroy what it is that they love. That is a false equivalence through and through. We're not playing that tit for tat game. You need to leave the supporters out of it, as Jonathan said. I think he's absolutely right. Anyway, we're taking another short break, and then we will wrap up with a cathartic edition of uh, Extra Time this week. So don't go away. Let us pay these bills, and we'll be right back. The goddamn sauce. Nine different flavors. Same goddamn feeling. Share our passion for sauce and discover the full goddamn range at thegdsauce.com. Use the discount code THEBANTAPUBFC to save 15% when you cop the sauce. Bows up. All right, welcome back, bitches. Extra time. You know the rules. 30 seconds. What moved you this week? 
We'll try and keep it non-Super League because I think we've covered as many bases as we possibly can that will allow us to not have like a two, three hour episode. <laughs> so uh, we'll start with Neil, El Capitan. 30 seconds. What moved you this week? Go. I got to give it up to Trinity Rodman. Listen, uh, she has rev- she is tried and truly uh, the best thing that the Washington Spirit drafted uh, she was undervalued, underappreciated in the draft. We drafted her second overall, and she has showed up and shown exactly why she was a number two pick in the draft. Uh, immediately, despite the fact that we're, d- despite the fact that it is still uh, the preseason in, in the NWSL, just wait till the season starts. Just you wait. Trinity Rodman, round of applause, Washington Spirit. Let's go. Fair play. Jonathan, what moved you this week? 30 seconds. Your time starts now, mate. Well, I, I guess it's, it's a bit somber. Um, you know, we, we all were grieving the loss of DMX, and, you know, he had a very special impact on my life. Um, particularly, he came around an era when I was just developing my love for hip-hop. But, you know, we lost Black Rob, also a big influence on my life musically and you know as of recording i know y'all many of y'all have seen it now we've lost shock g from digital underground too so uh shock g also a big impact because he founded tupac which is my favorite rapper um or artist period so i I just want to uh you know show love to them um hopefully they're resting eternally and to coneal in heavenly splendor uh, and blessings to them for moving me and impacting my life. Beautiful and well said. Yes, rest in peace to Darkman X, rest in peace to Black Rob, and rest in peace to Greg Jacobs, a.k.a. Shock G, a.k.a. Humpty Hump. Um, three of the biggest titans that hip-hop has ever produced. Nay, not even just the genre, just music in general. Um, Adam! What moved you this week? 30 seconds, mate. Go. Real quick, I'm going to add on to Jonathan's. It's really sad that DMX was 50, Black Rob was 52, Shock D was 57. Black men, please take care of yourself. Go to the doctor. Just take care of yourself. Uh, we, we got a lot. We got stress. We got all this stuff. Um, and in uh, response to all of the... We did get justice with... Um, Derek Chauvin and uh, George Floyd, but obviously we lost Micaiah Bryant. Just want to big up. Don't call the police.com. Please hit that up for resources so you don't have to call the police when you're in a situation. Micaiah called the police because she was in danger and she did what she was taught to do because she was the one that thought she was in danger and they shot her instead of just trying to regulate a situation. So, in all options, just Try to do your best not to call the police. We understand there are situations where you just feel unsafe or something, but use that resource. Don't call the police.com. Um, there's things in many different cities. I know they're adding them day to day. So that's all. I, that was what I was moved by this week. I agree. ACAB all day, every day. Fuck the police every single day of the week. Dirty pigs. Um, you know what? Big man like Rossler, man, you do a lot for us. I think we'd be remiss if this week we didn't get you on extra time. So, my G, 
What moved you this week? 30 seconds, please. Go. A lot, man. But I'm going to keep it simple just to make sure I stay within time. And it's just really a mindset, you know, culture over everything. And to really build up those people around me and those people that are doing great things but aren't being highlighted. I think our our podcast does that on a regular basis when we shout out other podcasts and other creators that are doing great things. But just a reminder to build each other up, build our own, and culture over everything. Well said. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Rossa. I know I put you on the spot, mate, but um, sometimes the people just need to hear those 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 gorgeous dulcet tones you know what i'm saying you don't know how many uh households you might have flooded just by simply speaking um for me this week um what moved me a whole hell of a lot like a whole hell of a lot like i've been moved by quite a lot but i do want to echo the statement that we put out earlier this week in the wake of the chauvin uh verdict that was read out i don't feel at all that is a reason to be encouraged or enthused we literally lost micaiah bryant hours after that verdict was read there's been a mass shooting what every single day for the past two weeks no probably even longer than that like we have so much work to do like i just want to say in particular to the people who are adamant that now that biden has been elected that everything is wonderful now so all of you libs i really need you to get your head out of your ass truly i do it's it's just not enough to put somebody in who you know by baseline default is not a fascist <laughs> in donald trump and just acting like everything is hunky dory now that there's control for the democrats in both the house and the senate there is so much work to be done Please stop resting on platitudes. You saw what Nancy Pelosi said the other day. Like, come on now, fam. Like, this is just not... George Floyd was not a martyr. He was a man that was loved. You understand? Micaiah Bryant is not a martyr either. Neither was Breonna Taylor. Neither was Armand Aubrey. Neither were any of these people. They should not be hashtags. They should be alive. Period. End sentence. If, and I will finish with this. If you are adamant about due process, then you need to extend that to black people, to brown people, the people who disproportionately in this country and in the UK and in many places around the world that are predominantly white. We are the ones that do not get the due process that say that is vaunted and should always be respected. So if you read about that due process life, bring us to the court to get that right to defend ourselves in the same way that you extend that to somebody who's caught on video shooting up a whole crowd or a movie theater or a synagogue or a mosque. And you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. With that being said and done, this has been a particularly spicy episode of the Banter Pub FC, the sauciest team in the game. And... Oof, I mean, spicy takes on the pitches an understatement. We came with ghost chili this week. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Banter Pub FC. Follow and subscribe on YouTube and Twitch. Got some really fun stuff planned on Twitch. Couple irons in the fire. I'm gonna say what? You'll know when the time comes. Um, 
If you like what you heard, obviously like, subscribe, follow, and review. A big thank you to everybody who's been sharing episodes, listening episodes. Once again, thank you very much to Elliot of Can I Kick It uh, and River City um, for coming on the episode last week. That well, We were blessed beyond measure. Brother, thank you so much for coming through. We cannot wait to have you back in the pub again. Um, and we certainly cannot wait to take in the majesty of the Henny Derby. Um, be sure to uh, make sure that you're reviewing us, as I said before, on, a, on your favorite platform. We have expanded uh, to a couple of other new platforms, I think. But um, we want to thank each and every single one of you that listen to us week in, week out. 28 countries for a podcast that is only just over a year old. We cannot thank you guys enough for supporting us. Thank you so much for giving us the privilege of being able to entertain as well as inform you every single week in this sport that we all know and love. For Arma, who cannot be here this week, for Neil, El Capitan, for Jonathan, for Adam, for Rossler, I am Joseph. We'll see you next time at the pub. Love always. Take care of yourself and each other.